I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. Actually, there's a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay. We're going no, to no. take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two steps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of the Dinner Party Show for April 13th, 2014. I barely got that <laughs> out there. That's easy for you to say. Uh, and apparently not. Tonight, we will not be talking about reports that Oklahoma will succeed. Succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Getting drunk on the Dinner Party Show. Reports that Oklahoma will secede from the Union over late-breaking National Geographic reports on evolution, <laughs> a.k.a. the controversial cosmos with Neil deGrasse T Tyson. <laughs> and this is not because we don't think it's a juicy story, but it's because we can't really confirm that it actually happened. Oh. Not one single legitimate news source has confirmed this story. Perhaps because it's not true, or maybe, and this is what we suspect, because Oklahoma is so batshit crazy that this kind of vitriolic expression of ignorance is what we've come to expect from Oklahoma. And it's just no longer considered news. Mm -hmm. Sort of like how no one reported that last week Mississippi passed the same anti-gay law that everyone went insane over last month when Arizona was just considering the same legislation. Mm -mm -mm. Apparently, Mississippi is now considered such a lost cause <laughs> that it's no longer news when they pass unconstitutional pro-bigot laws that allow discrimination based on personal religious bias. Mm -hmm. But just for the record, we'll be happy to talk about that Indeed, one. but we won't be talking about the 58-year-old woman in Chesney, South Carolina, who called 911 on her husband because he asked her to, quote, hook up with his sisters. That sounds like an idea. Not only did the woman want to report her husband for having, quote, <laughs> sex problems, she also wanted to ban his sisters from ever coming to the house. 
We here at the Dinner Party Show support the constitutional definition of trespass laws, even though we're not quite sure there is a constitutional definition of trespass laws. But if there is, Uh some Tea Party lunatic in South Carolina is probably screaming about it right now, just down the street from this 58-year-old woman. (laughs) Who I probably went to high school with. Indeed. In any case, we'd like to suggest to this beleaguered resident of Eric Shaw Quinn's home state... Ish. The best way to keep your husband's sisters from coming over for a surprise incestuous (laughs) sex party <laughs> is to get rid of the fucking husband who suggested it. At any rate, we're not talking about this anymore because it's gross. Totally. <laughs> we also have no interest in discussing the lawsuit filed by former Fox Sports talking head Craig James against the cable sports network for firing him. Do you have something in your mouth besides your tongue? I don't know. We'll have to get a flashlight and check we'll at the break. We'll be covering that in our first segment. All right. So much for scripted content. They fired <laughs> Fox Sports talking head Craig James against... Uh... <laughs> I think you're wasted tonight, Eric Jacquin. After just one appearance on their network over his public pro-bigotry anti-gay stance during his failed political career. Can I get applause? I said it. it. Congratulations. In a related story, James joins fellow closet case Tony Perkins (laughs) at his hate-fest anti-family research council. Mm -hmm. We can only suppose Craig will soon be appearing on the Fox News Network, where bigotry is always welcome. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on your promotion, Mr. James. We hope that you and Tony will be very happy together. You make a really cute couple. In the rest stop bathroom. Uh Also not being discussed tonight, any actual news that was or wasn't reported on BuzzFeed, because every Every time we went to BuzzFeed, Uh we were distracted by a photo collage designed to prove why short swim trunks on men are the best things on earth. Evocative. Or a quiz that promised to tell us if we were a personality match for one of the Golden Girls. Probing. Or one of the lesser-known trolls dancing behind David Bowie in the 1980s film Labyrinth. Fascinating historical perspective. Or another photo collage that aimed to prove why Zac Efron's stomach should be used entirely for eating strawberries and whipped cream. Here, here. Look, there are just a lot of photos on BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. so while it's possible they're also reporting stupid news stories we could have made fun of on tonight's show, we never made yeah. it to any of them, all right? <laughs> and just to wrap up, we are not shocked by anything Cher wears. <laughs> we don't care who's at Coachella. Oh, girl. And we are still not keeping up with the Cardassians, though we are considering hosting a prayer vigil till they go away. Oh, man. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. Eric Shaw Quinn, are you all right? I think people are concerned about you this evening. And I just want to say when we hit the children saying yay button, we were not celebrating Fox News homophobes. We were celebrating the fact that Eric made it through that line on the that script. That I finally managed to say that line after three or four different tries. Well, you know, I've, I was a little traumatized earlier, and I want to apologize to everybody at the dinner table tonight the, if I have any egg still in my hair. Egg in your hair? <laughs> what? I made myself an exploding egg sandwich for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Live and direct from the Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah, it's part of my Hurt Locker diet um, <laughs> program. Yeah, it, it's uh, 
I, I, you know, it was one of those miscalculations. I was watching a little TV and I uh, thought I'd make myself a fried egg sandwich. And, you know, if you fry the egg real good, it's all, you know, kind of solid. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't. So when I took a bite of the sand, my first bite of the sandwich, there was like a runny egg yolk inside of it. And it literally just went... <laughs> It was on my clothes. It was oh in my, my hair. God. It was on the furniture. It was. I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. Wait, let's, was... let's 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 roll it back and reenact this. So you make the egg in the pan. You prepare it in the sandwich. You carry the sandwich over to your sofa where you're watching TV. You take a bite and then kapow. Like I really like simultaneously. Yeah, because the you know like you know how when you cut into like a sunny side up egg. Right, the egg I runs actually all over. don't know because I hate <clears throat> sunny side up eggs. But you know what happens? You cut into yeah. it and the egg runs. Well, that's what happened. Except it was inside of a sandwich and I wasn't expecting it. I thought I had cooked it all the way through. <laughs> it would be like a solid. Thing. Are there pictures? Please tell me there are pictures. See, this is why it's a shame that I live alone. No, sadly, there are no pictures. There are. There's a whole bunch of clothes hanging half out of the sink in the guest bathroom <laughs> where I put them to soak because they were covered with egg yolk. I literally, you know I was what? howling with laughter. You are your own house cat. I keep house cats around so I can have comic relief around the house, but you are your own house I cat. Really you are your own it. comic relief. I, have I think we're going to no start need. a Kickstarter campaign to buy a bunch of GoPro cameras which we will just set up around your apartment to record everything that happens because between this and this poltergeist <laughs> encounters that you've been having yeah well I think that's potentially disturbing but yeah the poltergeist encounter things yeah yeah, my we house, could do a whole nother show on I that I think somebody died in my apartment and I, there is still a hostile presence yeah, there in and the it apartment. didn't cook that egg all the way through, no, whoever it, the bitch is. I'm not blaming. I Really, I think that one's on me, not the poltergeist. I'd I like don't know. To blame. The poltergeist distracted you, and maybe that's why you didn't do a good job cooking the egg. It was actually Lily Hammer. Have you ever watched that? I haven't watched Lily Hammer. I, I'm trying it out. It's the I, You pointed it out to me. It's one of the first. I think it's the first Netflix original. Right, yeah. and I'm not binge-watching it, but it's been on my Netflix instant queue forever and ever, and I thought... Well, I'll give it a try. And yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's sort of funny. It's like there was a movie that uh, I can't remember the name of that uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Raging Bull. Al Pacino. No. <laughs> <laughs> Macho movie enthusiast Christopher Rice. Al Pacino. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> it's uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, the other Al Pacino. The other Al Pacino. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yes. I'm sure I, Mr. De Niro would be thrilled to hear that. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pacino might be. Um, anyway, uh, it reminds me of that. It's a witness protection in okay. a foreign country kind of right, story. It's right. potentially funny. I'm cool. still kind of waiting on that. But All right. Well, this show is not just about exploding eggs in movies that Eric can sort of remember. It's not. Well, then I'm leaving. It's our spring cleaning You're the Guest edition, which means we invited our... Oh, but that's an exploding egg works Which I started with blowing up an egg in my apartment this morning as part of my Hurt Blocker diet, which I'll be writing a new book about. We asked our party people to call our party line, which is 323-PEZ-TDPS, and let us know which news stories we had let fall through the cracks recently, which I thought was a very dangerous proposition, but I will say most of the requests that we address certain topics are appropriate, so our answers won't be, as I'm sure. <laughs> but not all of the rest, <laughs> apparently. So let's go to our party line now and see what it has in store for us. All right. I don't know if you guys know about this, but in Houston, there is a woman who is testifying because she got arrested for stabbing her boyfriend 
at least 25 times with her stiletto heel. Frankly, I feel like this is a missed opportunity for shoeplaces, designers. I don't know. I feel like this could be a lifetime movie, and it's got to have a clever title. Like, the killer did not wear shoals. Or, I don't know, you guys could do a much, much better job with this, but I feel like this needs to be talked about, and nobody is talking about it. So, your thoughts on this, and I will be listening. Thanks. I love the presentation of that, like those articles on Thought Catalog. We need to be talking more about racism. We need to be talking more about the stiletto heel killing in Houston, Texas. Yeah, I think part of the reason that the comedians haven't gotten to it yet is it's actually kind of a tragic story. <laughs> So I take it you did some research on well, this one. Well, I had seen this one before and, uh, yeah, I did a little follow-up after the question came in. But apparently this is what the headline of the story really is, is that mean drunk gets life in prison. This mm. woman and her boyfriend came home drunk. They were fighting in the cab. They got out of the cab. He fell down. She climbed on top of his chest and literally punctured his head. <gasps> Uh, 25 times with the uh, heel of her number nine size um, pump. And I, I think in a related no, wait, charge wait, wait. also should be that the pump was $1,500, that it was an expensive shoe. And I, I think that That's is a, a disrespectful use. Of I a, think the manufacturer should sue her a pair for of libel. Fine footwear, but yeah. so, you mean like a, a size nine shoe overall? They're not gauges for the stiletto on the high heel, right? Like no. it's a 0.9 millimeter size, stiletto? It's the size of the shoe itself. Okay. No, I... Uh, but literally, they were like, she just, yeah, it, it's horrible. Her own niece, mm -hmm. her own niece in an interview said, we are just glad that justice has been done. <laughs> you know you're fucked when your own family turns this against mean, you in the media. This is a mean, drunk, crazy woman, yeah. apparently, that got that everybody is glad went down. The, the prosecutor said, she's not just crazy. She's dangerous crazy. Dangerous crazy. Which I think should be the name of the Lifetime movie. Absolutely. Dangerous crazy. The stiletto heel killer. Listen. Or not just crazy. Uh, speaking, <laughs> as an, stiletto an, heel killer. speaking as an industry veteran or as someone who has lived in Los Angeles for a long time. Which which Allow qualifies say, almost everyone in Los Angeles really as an are. industry veteran. We're all industry veterans here in L.A. That she would have really have had to kill more than one person with a stiletto to have a Lifetime movie made about her. Unless there was a really good or juicy I reason they, she killed the guy other than being drunk. I think they made a movie out of that about that woman who ran over her husband at the country club in Texas. Oh, I love that. She just ran over the, Laura the one Bush? guy. No, no, she ran over somebody. Nobody talks about that. They haven't made a movie about that. That's the movie we should make. <laughs> Laura's Driveway. Laura's Driveway. Starring Christopher Rice and Derek Shaw. The Librarian Wore Black. <laughs> not to be released in the state of Texas. No, not at all. Okay, so our, our verdict here is that you think they should make a movie and they should call it Dangerous Heels or... <laughs> Heel! <laughs> See, if she had been a fucking dog trainer, they could have called that thing heel, and it just would have been brilliant. Well, that that's the fictionalized version. No, I think they should call it not just crazy. Yeah, not just great, dangerous crazy. That's yeah, what you think. Dangerous crazy. Dangerous crazy. All right, let's go back to our party line and see what our next topic will be. Hey, guys, this is Teresa, East Tennessee. Hey, Teresa. And I'm calling because I wanted to find out what you guys thought of Stephen Colbert taking over the David Letterman show. I think it's fantastic, and I'd really like to hear uh, what you guys think about that. Thank you. Bye. You all are great. We are, aren't we? We really are, but I want Teresa's sultry smoker voice to just read stuff to me. 
I don't know if it's I'm I'm not right. I don't know if you're a smoker, Teresa. It's really whiskey voice. That's the PC term the I should be using. But I just, tenor. I just love your voice, girl. I could listen to you on our party line all the time. You fill me with happiness and joy and so a call sense back of, and read Christopher one of his and mother's a books. Sense of strange sexual confusion <laughs> I don't really want to talk about right now. Okay. Uh take it away, Eric. <laughs> I'm gonna step outside and have some cake. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I love Stephen Colbert, and I think he's a great choice. I, I have to say, you know, I don't actually know what he'll be like when he's right. Not That's doing the question. That character, yeah. and I, I'm sure he's delighted. I've thought for years, God, he must be sick of this character. I hope he loves doing it because he's been playing that character for I don't know how long now. I, you know, like I, I, it'll be a pleasant relief. Honestly, my reaction in general is. I think if I was going to, if if David Letterman was retiring on my network, I would do something completely different mm -hmm. because you're going to wind up with another white guy with a band and a desk and a microphone and guests and, you know, amusing skits, some stand-up, mm -hmm. maybe the occasional odd little film or whatever. And Stephen is a genius. He'll be hysterically funny. But it, they're basically all doing the same thing. Do we know for sure he's not doing the character? Do yeah. we know that? For, okay, they have so said he's that not he's doing not the doing the character right Which up front. It's really weird because the, he made the decision at the outset to name the character after him. So it's like it's one of those things where he can't really – how is he going to be able to step away from it? Is it just going to be a shade of degree away from, you know – the, the character. I think you'll probably Colbert. keep the whole Colbert Nation thing going on. He'd be crazy to lose that. Right. And some of the sort of buzzword stuff, truthiness and that yeah. sort of thing, the, uh, those sorts of aspects of his performance. He's actually provoked some really sort of incendiary responses from like War Rush, on the Heartland. Rush Limbaugh. War on the Heartland. Like, they really, said. Yeah. like it's sort of not since uh, Dan Quayle went after Murphy Brown for destroying motherhood in America, oh, even yeah. though Murphy Brown was a fictional character. Mm -hmm. Like, honest to God, you guys, really? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, there's some sort of, there's some backlash of CBS has declared War on the Heartland. Since most of the people live in New York and Los Angeles and Houston anyway, so, like, whatever. Yeah, I right. guess since ratings are all about numbers. But in, like, CBS is one of the most stalwart traditional mainstream Honestly. networks on there. They've never declared war on the heartland. This is the network that gave us NCIS LA and The Good Wife and all these sort of repeater well, I, steady shows. But I, the thing that I really resent about that sort of thing is the, that the idea of somehow being living in one of the places, one of the most populous places in the country, excludes me from being an American or being well, part of bullshit. the country. I Absolutely. just find that so divisionist and and and, and, and inaccurate and and unfair like Listen, why is this not the heartland Barack Obama became went from being an unknown senator from Illinois to a national star with a speech that said there are no blue states and there are no red states and we know gay people in the red states and we know Republicans in the blue states he he had completely attacked those divisions and whatever and he didn't really hold true to a lot of that in his campaign <laughs> as he went on but he's a politician and they don't really get to do that what we do, do here on the dinner party show that's right 
right. But yeah, it's totally, it's totally. Which is why we're never running really, for anything. I think it really did, and we got a minute left, but I think it really did John McCain in when Nancy Puffuttenfuck, whatever, remember her, his campaign director, when she said the real Virginia is going to vote for John McCain, there was sort of a widespread and collective fuck you. Like everybody who lives in Virginia is a real Virginian, right. and the, you're the, not from here, and it's it, not. It's the same uh, bigotry that's implied in real marriage or real Americans or right. whatever. It's, it's like, shut the fuck up. Absolutely. I'm as real as you are. We're all real. Let me pinch you and let, and show you how real I am. Well, a big shout out to our party people who are apparently trying to get exploding egg sandwich, hashtag exploding egg sandwich, to trends. So we'll see if that goes well for them. <laughs> but in the meantime, I love that. in the meantime, we have a new word from a new sponsor here on The Dinner Party Show. My darling, I've found you at last. Are you looking for a little romance? The kind of movie can restore your faith and give you just a little hope that good things really do happen to good people. Who are you? And what are you doing in my bedroom? Wait, is this my bedroom? Well, you'll have better luck finding a time machine and transporting yourself back to a time when they still made movies like that. An evil curse caused you to sleep. A curse? Oh, right, yeah, I was asleep, that's what happened. Yes, my dear, you were suspended in time until I was born and grew to be the man who could awaken you with one chaste kiss. A kiss? Okay, pretty boy, let's get those tights off, I'm feeling a little drowsy. No, wait, princess, stop, we can't, you mustn't. From the people who brought you all those soul-crushing, comedy-destroying, underperforming films about jerks and assholes you wouldn't have in your backyard for a 4th of July barbecue, it's Drunken Beauty. Kiss me here, dreamy eyes. I think my ass has gone to sleep. Help! Stop! No! The curse has turned you into something you'll regret in the morning. It's Drunken Beauty, featuring the same 11 stoner schlubs you didn't see in every single alleged comedy last year because they didn't have a single original, let alone funny, idea between them. Or even a script, for that matter. So, you want me to tell him the curse is back? Yep. That way he'll keep trying to save me. But girl, the curse? Doesn't that mean he can't, you know, make with the nasty? Not that kind of curse. <laughs> but let's make a puerile menstruation jokes we learned in the third grade until the audience barfs. Oh, okay. Drunken Beauty. It's vulgar, it's all ad-libs, and it's way too long. But it has a completely unmotivated happy ending that you'll see coming from the parking lot at the multiplex. Here, Prince, time to save me again. Oh, get off me, your, your breath. Ah, uh, it's part of the curse. <laughs> it's apparently a Scotch curse. That's right, it's the same joke over and over again, leading to an ending so treacly it's clear that the filmmakers have no idea what they're doing. It's drunken beauty. Uh. My hero, now I've learned what's really important. And I've learned to be more accepting and less critical. Or we're both just high. Drunken Beauty. It's not good comedy, and it's about as romantic as a herpes outbreak, but for reasons that 
no one can figure out other than to conclude that the studios have all been taken over by a band of horny, illiterate, frat boy wannabes who've only ever studied the movies at the midnight stoner cinema. It's the only romantic comedy on 42,000 screens this weekend. Drunken Beauty. Drunkenly Ever After. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm being informed that Beckett, trusted right-hand man to my mother, Ann Rice, has posted photographs of his new kitten on our Facebook page. Smog. And so I'm going to write him immediately and say, keep your kitten off of our Facebook page. It is about our show and the insane fucked up people who listen to our show. Get that cat down from there. Get that. No, the cat is adorable. I sent you his picture last night. It's absolutely adorable. Absolutely. And I said that horrible thing that ended up on Twitter. You did. You said you can tell a true (laughs) nerd by the name of his cat. And I have to say, naming your cat after the dragon in The Hobbit, is that who Smog is? The desolation of Smog, yeah, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, we are answering, or we are responding to missed Maybe it's topics. A <laughs> the Smog District. Yes, you're so into all that stuff. You're such a cosplayer, Eric Shawquin. Okay, we have more news stories and questions and queries from our uh, party people on our party line, and I'm going to go to one right now. I have no idea. Because he's sick of talking to me. No idea. Actually, I'm sick of that. <laughs> I'm sick of everything around this part. I'm so tired of that. Hey, guys, this is uh, Bob Barnett from Oklahoma, and I was just wondering if you have considered doing maybe a, a, a movie, uh, oh. the making of the dinner of dinner party oh. show. That would be absolutely wonderful. I can I imagine it would be pretty funny, too. Uh, what do you think? Well, first, I'd like to apologize for Bob for the not report about Oklahoma earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> Here at the dinner party, we say everyone gets we served. love Oklahoma. Sorry about that, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Yeah, exactly. But we do wish that Enhoff and that crowd would calm down a little I'm bit sure about, Bob you know, does too. science he, and reality. He yeah, wouldn't keep, be listening to our fucking the show. The dinner party show. Hope so, but, uh, you know. Okay, so there you go. That said, uh, yeah, dinner party show movie. We could call it uh, Dangerous Crazy 2. Dangerous Crazy 2. <laughs> and it could involve me walking into places and then being told where to put stuff away and how to clean stuff by Eric Shaw Quinn. Yeah, that would be Dangerous Crazy. Performance review with Eric Shaw Quinn. It's a horror movie. <laughs> or one of your new erotic novels. Hey, why am I getting so much grief about that tonight? They're not even finished, but I hope everyone will buy them when they are. And one of them is already available for pre-order. It's called The Flame, and it's on Amazon, and it's going to be an erotic menage novella. The Flame? Yes, I'm attending the Romantic is, is Times. Is that your superhero name? It's going to be your the face gayest, if you don't watch it. The gayest it. superhero no. ever. The Flame? No, it's about... I'm not going to tell you what it's about if you're going to be disrespectful. I'm oh, not going to tell you. I'm so sorry. I'm not talking about the flame anymore. We're, we're, all, we're never disrespectful you here at the what? dinner party show. You what can what? I? If Bob can put up with me talking smack we about We don't know Oklahoma, that Bob did put up. Bob yeah. might not be listening anymore he after the not report. He may have thrown his uh, smartphone out the window of the car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, Bob. 
Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? We were saying it should be a, cr- a crazy reality show, the putting together of the studio. Oh, my God. The people really we had wish, to fire. I wish that we had actually, if I had known that it yeah. was going to be a year and a half of insanity, yeah. I would actually have brought in a film crew to film our putting the, getting the show on the air. Nothing could equal that. It's been relatively calm around here when all we've had to do is a live show every week. Well, we also haven't had any nightmare guests. I mean, Anne Rice is kind of a pain Mm. in the ass when she comes. But other than that, we haven't had any guests who, like, caused a problem or turned over the furniture or showed up drunk or didn't make a live show. Well, let's not get crazy. Like, (laughs) some of those things happen, but not in an unpleasant sort of way. Alec Mappa's always drunk. A little bit. Oh, no. We love Alec Mappa. And there's a cart loaded with liquor and champagne out in the lobby so you know but we had joked Glass houses uh, one of the things I think that gave rise to the show was that I joked a while ago that there there was a very popular book called Tuesdays with Maury where you know a dying old man gave wisdom to his younger friend and I thought we would do the bitchy gay counterpoint called Sundays with Eric <laughs> Don't you, bring home the whore and expect him to turn into an executive and then get upset. You, you knew what you were buying when you bought Ed. Are you going to kill me? <laughs> no. Is that what you're trying to tell no, me? <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> Is this tea poisonous? I'm being informed by Shea Butters that smog, just as I predicted, has taken over our goddamn Facebook page and has over 50 likes, which is probably more likes than any of our dinner party show related posts currently have. Um, Which is, you know. So smog is now my co-host. See you, Eric. Cats on the internet. You can't win. (laughs) There would be no internet if there weren't cats. We need a cat host on our show. We're going to need like a cat host just to sit in that chair, the Ed McMahon seat. Who's to say there's not? the, The Restless Leg Dancers bring that cat every, every time they come in here. Time. I don't see any reason. That's not such an asset to the program. Time. Okay, so that we've covered the movie thing. Thanks yes. for your question, Bob. We are and, always uh, ready and willing to be in a movie. At a moment's notice. Yeah. All right. I'm but always in hair and makeup. What is our next <laughs> message from the party line? Especially with that exploding egg. <laughs> That's right. He goes My right hair treatment. Right from his exploding egg sandwich to the makeup trailer. All right. What's up on our party line? Hi, Eric and Chris. This is Melissa Berry. I often go on your blog. And I was just wondering um, what you guys think about Pierce Morgan leaving CNN, even though no one gives a shit. I do. (laughs) I actually like him. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Wow. She is upset about nobody giving a shit about Pierce Morgan. I'm glad she's on our side. Let's just say that. And may I just say... didn't you post on your new I blog? Did. I have a new blog. I launched Chris, a blog at ChristopherRiceBooks.com this week, and in one of my first posts, I posted a photograph of me without a shirt on, just because I was bored and I thought it would drive traffic. But um, yeah, really, you should have gone with a cat. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Apparently not, because we're going to have Shea Butters. Here we go. It's the race is on. Who will get more likes on our Facebook page? Me shirtless, flipping double birds to hide my nipples, or Smog Beckett's new kitten. All right, the race is on. I'm announcing it here. And if Smog gets more uh, likes, he's going to be your new co-host, Eric Sean Quinn. So get ready. <laughs> it's going to be you. Me and, and Smog. fucking cat here every Sunday. So what do you think about that, Smog? <laughs> so, Melissa, I'm so, we're sorry we talked over your question, but we got the general idea because nobody gives a shit. I'm still, like, not over the fact that they hired Piers Morgan to replace him in the first place. I was like, really? Piers Morgan? I really was not a Piers Morgan fan, Melissa. I hope you'll still like our show. Maybe he's a nice guy, but it was just so, it was such an odd choice. I don't know what the market they were going for was. The, um, 
America's Got Talent news hound market? I, I think so. I mean, one of the people who filled in for Larry King a lot was Ryan Seacrest. And now there's this talking point out there. Oh, my God, are they never going to hire Ryan Seacrest for any of these gigs? Because the people talked about him for the Letterman replacement, and Colbert got it instead. So None of I them, don't know. They can't afford Ryan oh, really? Seacrest for yeah. any of these things. I think he makes like $20 million really? a year for um, for Idol, and he's producing. Like, what they should do is they should—this goes back to my original point with the CBS thing. They should go to him and say— we would like for you to develop and produce a new show to be on in this time slot. Right. And then let him do that because he makes so much more money. Like, I hate the Cardassians, but I guess he's making a billion dollars off of it because that belongs to him, too. Yeah. I've always heard um, Chris Jenner depicted as this sort of mastermind, the one who sort of put the idea of that show together. And I don't think that's actually true. Based on the people I've talked to who have actually had dealings with her, they're like, that woman is and not And everything the that she said into a microphone and on public. She's, in public. yeah, not the mastermind. Ryan Seacrest was the mastermind behind that whole show. So, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, he doesn't want to be in the talk show host business. I don't think that, that would be because like it would be a cut. It would be a cut and pay and a demotion. Bill Gates fixing your computer. Right. You know? Why doesn't Bill Gates? Make not that there's calls? anything wrong with fixing computers or being in that profession. Absolutely anyone listening not, or anyone in the studio Bill tonight. Bill Gates made ninety billion dollars selling software, so he doesn't really need to do yeah. you know Geek Squad repair service. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, I think that's why they didn't hire him and. I still don't know why they hired Piers Morgan. I'm sorry. Are they going to keep the whole Larry King format at all? Or That's a really good question because I think that's part of the problem, personally. Like, I think the format the show is, is tired. Over. I think he was a bad interviewer, frankly. I th- And I thought his show became this sort of Hunger Games for radical right-wing <laughs> figures trying to fill the Breitbart vacuum. He had these crazy people on, like, Dana Loesch and Ben Shapiro. He sort of made Ben Shapiro a star in Mike. Kate and and you know Ben Shapiro is the one that always is tweeting it's not a big thing when someone comes out and you know it's all the sort of these sort of conservative also rams and he would interview them badly on a show and just sort of allow them to spout their nonsense and I'm not saying he had to agree with them or disagree with them so much that he cut their mic like Bill O'Reilly <laughs> but it wasn't really substantive you so know? lovely anyway so we are here at the dinner party show not Piers Morgan fans. Not too sad to see him go, but we have more of your messages from our party line, and we're going to take a very short break. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and this is The Dish. The Dish, The Dish, the main serving, the big heaping, heaping, steaming main course. <laughs> let's, Yuck! Let's see who's served up tonight. Hi, this is Samiko Salt, and, and I'm calling because I think that you guys should talk about how the Supreme Court lifted the ban on aggregate campaign mm. donations, um, which only leaves in place base limitations on what can be given um, to <laughs> so individual far. concerns by an individual. But 
As we know, the Supreme Court in its wisdom has declared corporations to be individuals. So I think this is heading towards kind of like Detroit in RoboCop, you know, pretty much corporate-run government. That's my opinion, but hey, that might be a little extreme anyway. I'd like to know what you think about it. Thanks. Bye. Doesn't the first RoboCop, like, go in and just kill everybody at the council meeting? Like... Maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing. I, I Honestly, Samiko, thanks for your question. I would just like to know when we're going to start impeaching people on the Supreme Court. I mean, I think they're actually supposed to be enforcing, you know, upholding the Constitution. And mm-hmm. since they're just going to make stuff up as they go along, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why we're continuing to ask their opinions about stuff. I don't know. It's weird because, you know, on the one hand, I'm thrilled about DOMA uh, being dead and Proposition 8 not making it through the, uh, I guess it was overturned. Yeah, it was. It was. It, but well, it was overturned on the basis of standing, right? right like the, the, the people was... who brought the case to the court didn't have standing. I'm concerned. But we're dealing with the Citizens United craziness of that any any personal expenditure of money is an act of speech, which concerns me. And I, I think it kind of came up around the Mozilla Firefox CEO thing. You know, the the guy was sort of treated as if he had just expressed an unfavorable opinion at a dinner party when really he had contributed money to Prop 8, directly to the effort to take away rights from people, a legislative effort to take away rights from people. I think there needs to be an accountability for that. I mean, I think that it's a, it's a very radically libertarian idea that all all your decisions to place money into the free market constitute a speech act. And, and I don't know, like, what if you hire somebody to assassinate somebody you don't like? Is the hiring itself considered speech and the assassination is then on the person who pulled the trigger? Well, I think assassination is a different crime. I don't think Well, you could... I know, but you're talking about a path to something, right? You know, and that's that's the thing that I'm worried about, that we've exonerated people We've, we've made people, okay, I'm just going to go there. Andrew Sullivan, who I really love and respect for the most part, threw an absolute fucking temper tantrum over the Mozilla Firefox guy. He says we're living in a culture of bullying and intimidation of anyone who had an unpopular viewpoint. And I would, I would say, or I would submit to him and anyone, that the Mozilla guy did more than have an unpopular viewpoint. Andrew Sullivan supporting the Iraq war, that's an unpopular viewpoint now, but nobody talks about that, and he's still got a very successful blog. But um, this guy literally voting to take away my rights and your rights as citizens of California, as gay citizens of California, that is to me a more aggressive and hostile act than just political speech. I, honestly, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on your sentiments, but I am more concerned, while I do not support any of these rulings by the Supreme Court and believe that this is a different conversation, I, I am more concerned about infringement on people's rights to free speech mm-hmm. than anything else. What I am concerned is the equating of money to access to free speech. That, right. I think, is actually the problem. Right. Like, I don't think it's what people are saying. Obviously, all of the test cases of free speech are going to be about people saying unpopular things. It, people saying things that are popular, well, there's never going to be a court case about that because it's going to be popular. Right. Like, all free speech is going to necessarily be something we don't want to hear. Right. Like, that's what makes it a court case. If it's something we want to hear, then that isn't really ever going to get litigated. But I think there is a real genuine disconnect here Mm -hmm. in the equating of 
money with access to free speech. I, I think that's the problem. If everybody had equal access, then it is equal speech. Like right. that's the thing that I think is a bigger issue because money can be used with through broadcast or whatever. Right, like right. I would love to see a federal law that outlaws all broadcast political advertising, uh, all of it, yeah, every last bit of it, so that it all has to be in print, so that people have to write down what it is that they're actually campaigning for and have a real honest-to-God position Mm -hmm. and not just put out nasty attack ads anonymously against people they don't like. They can still send you an ugly flyer to your house, but it's actually written down. It actually has to be. And that at least moves the bar down to a level where everybody can compete because sending a postcard to your house costs me the same as it cost a billionaire. Even though he can send more postcards, I can still send a postcard, whereas I can't really afford a national television campaign. That that is a disequality. That is Mm -hmm. encouraging an inequality of speech. And so I think we're moving away from questions of free speech and to a place where we're questioning equality of speech. Like, are you more equal than me because you can afford more airtime? Right. That doesn't seem like free speech to me. And because of the deregulation of the airwaves under the horrible Reagan administration, you know, there is um, no—it used to be that if you— put something out there, you had to offer equal time because mm-hmm. the airwaves are publicly owned. And now mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily the case anymore. Uh, this is a genuine question, and I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I was young during the Reagan years. Who, do, who, do, who decided— <laughs> no, it's an age crack. It's an age—who decided who got the equal time? Because now we're in an age where, where creationists are asking for equal time with evolution, you know, where the creationists are going crazy. Who was the arbiter of who got the equal time and how those standards were established? I mean— I assume that it was literally time. It was literally on yeah. the network. And I don't think it was a question of paid advertising. Mm-hmm. It was a question of network programming. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, like I think so then there's a real gauge on what the time is. Obviously— Nobody is entitled to equal time to a spot that you bought. Like you're right. entitled to buy another spot. That's that's what we're actually adjudicating now. But back in the day, if you had when news reporting was more actually fair and balanced because people reporting the news, if you reported one side of the issue, you were required to report the other. Right. And if right. you didn't, then people could ask for the same amount of time. That right. you when I was in high school, I actually got um, a report bounced from the evening news on our NBC affiliate because they had come to my high school and there was a debate between two political figures and they only covered the Republican person and side of the debate in the Wedgham wow. And I called and said we would be wanting equal time based on the completely biased report right. before I left with my Friday night football game and they did not air the spot again at the 11 o'clock report, wow. which was their custom because... Eric Shawquin causing trouble even as a high school even student. Even as a high school student. Okay, I get it. But yeah, no, I, I think that's all... You know, I, I did research this question... Every now and then I do research something we're going to talk about what on the, the Dinner Party Show. And Mother Jones, not exactly a right-leaning publication, if you're not familiar not with really, it. Not really, no. Uh, they were very much on the lookout for whether or not there was something about this decision which would uh, set the ground for attacking the previous Supreme Court decision or, or repealing it or invalidating it, which established the basic limits, right? That would be the next target. And they were of the opinion that the decision, the majority decision, does not do that. It does not lay the groundwork for going after basic campaign financing. I hope which, not. You know. But yeah, we're now at a point where somebody, the, the Alabama, 
the Alabama lawmaker, nothing against Alabama birthday boy Brandon Griffith, who was in our sound booth, <laughs> who brought this case. Don't turn off Christopher's mic. With this law in place, this Alabama lawmaker could have, or I should say business person, very rich business person, could have given, I think, a total of $40,000 under the old limits. Now he can do $3.5 million. But that's... Oh, because he can Aggregate. support more candidates. Aggregate. He can do he a, can't a, a give sum a single total. candidate no. more, but, but he, he can, can give more do, candidates. It, the aggregate sum that he can now do is three point five million. Right. That's how high it's gone up. All right, all right. It's time for a little break for another word from one of our sponsors here on the dinner party show, and then we'll be back with more of your voicemails from our party line. Are you looking for the perfect getaway for you and the whole family? (laughs) I'll say, my wife hates the beach, and these days, the kids only want to be around animals. Well then, maybe it's time for all of you to pay us a visit at the Hopewell Ranch and Resort. Hmm, Sounds interesting. Horseback riding, mountain hikes, a pristine lake. The Hopewell Ranch and Resort has it all. It really does sound perfect. Set amidst the splendor of the Grand Feast National Park, the Hopewell Ranch and Resort is an excellent place to forget most of your troubles. Most of my troubles? Uh, Why not all of my troubles? We've added several new cabins next to our creek, which now means we only caution visitors not to set foot anywhere near 50 of our cabins, as opposed to the 30% of our cabins we had to keep people away from last year. What? That's right. Thanks to a recent renovation and an unlikely partnership between the ranch's owner and a roguish ex-mercenary who lives off the lands nearby, the Hopewell Ranch and Resort is proud to report it now has 80% fewer cannibals. Wait, did did you say... Cannibals? I said 80% fewer cannibals. Studies show that's the sharpest drop in cannibals at any mountain resort in the continental United States since the late 1980s. And that's when cannibals were big. I'm sorry, am I hearing you right? Your resort has cannibals? You're not hearing me right. Our resort has 80% fewer cannibals than it did before that unfortunate incident last summer. That's the kind of drop in cannibals your family should expect from an isolated mountain resort. You won't see those kinds of numbers on the beach in Hawaii, I'll tell you that. Oh, boy. Well, I I guess safety's never entirely guaranteed, is it? Of course not. So, if there are 80% fewer cannibals, can I ask about the 20% that are still, like, you know, around? Oh, don't worry. The resort has an arrangement. An arrangement? Tip your waiter, that's all I'm saying. Oh my god. So what do you say? Are you ready for some outdoor adventure? Uh, well, we don't have much time left to book anything. Don't tell the kids anything, all right? Of course not. The Hopewell Ranch and Resort. Because when you really think about it, when is safety entirely guaranteed? (laughs) Yeah! You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Yeehaw! Well, this is bullshit. <laughs> the kitten is fucking winning. Smog has 130 likes at last tally, and I, shirtless, have 100. 
<laughs> I shirtless have a hundred. I shirtless by Isaac Asimov. <laughs> I shirtless. You know what? It's it's when you surrender your dignity to that degree on social media, and you get beaten by a cat who just looked at the camera the right way. It's really hard. I'm just gonna say that you cannot compete on the internet with cats. You there really would be no can. internet if there weren't cats. I think that cats may have invented the internet. It's part of their <laughs> overall plan to overthrow the world and become our lords and masters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Albert Brooks. Albert Brook. And that's it for Christopher. And that's it. That's it. The dinner party Take your show. Shirt off, that's babe. been. That's been. Show the, us your what tent. What are you doing? <laughs> Somebody has taken over our hotkeys in oh, the booth. Oh no! And I'm also being told we have a question from him later in the show. I have no idea what it's about. Birthday Brandon, boy. our birthday away. boy. Yes, Brandon's birthday was this week. Brandon I think he... Griffith, happy birthday. We don't have a hotkey that says happy birthday, so we'll do this instead. Once I get it, there we go. Linda, listen, 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 listen. You listen, Linda. That makes everyone happy Listen, birthday Linda. or not Linda honey honey so if you haven't wished Brandon a happy birthday this is your big chance okay the new voting numbers on the kitten I want the hashtag the kitten is winning to be our TDPS <laughs> hashtag tonight I like exploding uh, egg sandwich. that was so 30 minutes ago Eric Shawquin <laughs> 160 for the cat, 135 for me naked. You know somebody called my, uh, sh- uh, not naked, shirtless. Come on, I have pants on. They called it a- <laughs> Bird fingers <laughs> over your nipples. A prison photo. Maybe that- you could borrow that thing Cher wore that they got everybody a- so carried Stop away. Stop bringing up Cher all the time. Why are you always bringing up Cher? I love Cher. Cher is amazing. We love Cher and we love Cher's son, Chaz Bono, who was a guest on this show. And you can find that episode in our show archive at thedinnerpartyshow.com. <laughs> And if you download 5,000 copies of it, we'll send you Eric Shaw Quinn. (laughs) I don't remember this clause in my contract. All right, all right. Let's go back to our party line and find out what our next topic will be. Yeah, this is Sharon. I just uh, had one topic uh, for both of you. What was the last book that you read and why did you read it? Well, the last book I read was Eric's, and it was because he forced me and like made our whole friendship dependent on it. No. <laughs> That's w- not fair or even true. I haven't given you a book to read recently. Uh, you have not. No, I gave you a book to read recently. I The last book that I read, I'm always reading something. I'm a compulsive reader, and I'm an e-reader, so I have all sorts of e-books, and I've, I don't go to bed without um, – worrying about my fate for a while and then reading a book for a while. So I'm reading a lot of erotic romances now to get back to Eric's earlier dig. What a brutal sacrifice. It's just been terrible. It's been really tough. Well, I am currently reading Guilt by Association. Um, Marsha Clark's also a former guest on The Dinner Party Show. You can find three of her episodes in our show archive. And if you download 10,000 of them, Eric Shaw Quinn will come and clean your house. I, this is getting uh, more advanced all the time. But to be fair, the last book I read right. before that was Murder Passes the Buck. What is this a book? Gertie, a Gertie Johnson murder mystery by Deb Baker. I have been – I am currently <laughs> writing um, and editing, uh, remodeling a, I hope, comic Shellacking. murder mystery – uh, novel, and I'm trying, and so I have been looking at other people's takes on it, and I looked up on the internet, on on the internet, on Amazon. <laughs> on the internet, says his elderly aunt. Um, 
<laughs> humorous murder mysteries, and that was one of the ones that came up, and I actually read it. it murder How Post. humorous was it, Eric? It was um, it was humorous in an ironic sort of way. Uh-huh. I think yeah. like it it was well done. It was well written. Um, it but it was humor. I found more humor in the way that the the story was told than the actual story itself. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if that was intentional on the part of the author or not, but I still was laughing. So, okay, cool. Anyway, and then Marsha's not humorous at all, but again, somebody else's right. take on writing a murder mystery. So, so. the uh, the answer to Sharon Haas's second question is that we are in research mode with what we're reading, which is one of the fun parts about being a writer. I think I saw Jennifer Weiner say once that if you are a writer, you always have an excuse to have your nose stuck in a book. Right, so you get to read yeah. all the time. Well, we better get to Brandon's question or we're going to run out of time here. Oh, okay, well, let's see. And you all are party people out there in the dark. Finally get to hear the voice of Brandon Griffith, who runs our show, who without whom we would be just two gay dudes with microphones. <laughs> Sitting in a room talking. All right, what is, I have no idea what this question's about, so let's see, hold on. Hey, guys, with the NFL draft coming up on oh, May 8th, I wonder sick. if you had an opinion on who the number one overall draft pick would be. <laughs> Speculation this time last year was that it was going to be Johnny Manziel from Texas A&M, famous for the read option type of play at the quarterback <laughs> position. But as we all know, the quarterback position is evolving, has changed over the past few years. The Actually, read option the quarterback is position more, has been the same seems to be a more viable method of play. <laughs> Quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, who uh, like to pass and not scramble I'm around sorry, on the field, I think field, we're running out of time. Slowly falling <laughs> Wait, to the you might get to Michael Sam However, with Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers <laughs> not being able to win the Super Bowl two years ago, not going to the <laughs> Super Bowl last year, of course, Kaepernick, famous for the read option, the, the read option could be just a fad going away altogether. What the fuck are you doing? So, quarterbacks <laughs> like Johnny Manziel may not what be going. What's your questions? Sir. That being said, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> is known for scrambling and the read option. Oh my God! So I think it's clearly Javanon Clowney. Hey, that Don't one think? I think it's Vaclav Havel. So I have no idea. Like, we're going to bank on the oh read option being a viable oh method of play for quarterbacks going into the future. I just want to say so, that how long does this question last? I don't like know. I'm afraid. A slightly more traditional player like Teddy Bridgewater. Then listen, 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 And get a uh, defensive player like uh, Jadavian Clowney, defensive <laughs> end from uh, yeah. South Carolina. Just yeah. wondering what your thoughts are on that. I, I think it's clearly Jadavian Clowney, but thanks for like your question. Say, let us compare Sharon Haas to Brandon Griffith. Sharon Haas' question took five seconds, two, and it was a two-parter. My, my favorite is I actually looked this question up on the internet. Internet, mm-hmm. to use that term again, like somebody's on old the, maiden uh, aunt on the internet, on the interwebs, mm-hmm. and found an article in Sports Illustrated, and was was still unable, even upon reading the article, to, to understand, understand what they what were the, talking what about. The hell, okay. Apparently, well, they pick players once a year on the NFL, and somebody gets picked first. Uh, it, right. So and, it's going to be the tall, cute boy. That was what always happened when I was in school, and they were picking <laughs> people for teams, so it'll be the, the tall, tall, cute, cute guy. Boy. And I did go to high school with Peyton Manning, but we never had a conversation, and I don't know anything about football. But he would probably have been picked first. Okay, was so tall? We're, we're way out of time, thanks to our own staff here at the Dinner Party <laughs> Show. <laughs> <laughs> who drove us over, and as you all know, Car Talk is coming on next, uh, so we should really clear off. No, we're not going to. No, we repeat our own show incessantly. It's our own network. I just want to tune in with every or check in with everyone. 
180 votes for Beckett's new cat. 170 votes for me shirtless flipping the bird. What are we going to call the contest? We're going to call the contest. Eric has a new co-host. I said when. When? When? When did you say when? So when? When do we stop voting? I think we call it now. The show's over. A hundred. The cat won, and it's your new co-host. <laughs> you're still talking. I don't so, think the show's no, over. No, I'm getting all I can say in because next week you're going to come here to do our Easter special, which will be live with Smog. He will be your new co-host. Smog the cat and Eric Shaw Quinn will be here. Author MJ Rose will also be on the show. This is actually Excellent. real. MJ is the uh, author of a new book called The Collector of Dying Breaths, which just got a rave review in the Associated Press, and she's also a good friend of mine, and she will be here to talk about that. And we will also have our special correspondents will be around to talk about Easter, because it is Easter and Sunday. we are having the first annual uh, dinner party show Egg Hunt. Oh, that's right. There's a competition, but it's a live competition, so you have to listen live if you want to play. You have to listen live if you want to play. All right, I think that's everything. Did we forget anything? (laughs) Oh, my God. I think we talked about two or three things that we didn't need to. I don't, I don't, well, you know, I just want to say goodbye to all my party people. You have spoken. It's been a pleasure serving you these past, what is it, year and a half, and, uh, Getting facial expressions from Eric Shaw Quinn when I, I screw up live on the air. Yeah, it's the cat's still beating. 180. So you all have spoken, and your co-host will be a British blue bottle. I don't know what kind of cat it is. Britt Beautiful. Beckett told it's me. really adorable, isn't it? Yeah, it's adorable, and I'm sure it's going to have a lot to say. Maybe you should stop flipping people off in your photographs. I, You know what? The boy deserved it, but we have since worked things out on the comment section of my new blog at ChristopherRiceBooks.com. Well, you'll have a lot more time to talk now that you're done with the show. Absolutely. I will be blogging constantly while Eric and Smog host the dinner party show. I have been Christopher Rice. And I am Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'll have tuna fish here next week. (laughs) Until then, it's been real. Thanks.